Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello there and welcome to Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner Sports Podcast. Well, there's no lack of talking points on this Monday as we look back on the Cork footballers' escape to victory in Watford and Dublin's drubbing by Galway in Tullamore. Plus, we'll hear the views of the Clare captain Pat O'Connor ahead of Sunday's Munster Senior Hurling Championship semi-final against Limerick. First up, though, let's hear from Dennis Hurley, who was in Dungarvan on Saturday night. Cork may have won, but it is a victory that has raised more questions than answers. So, Dennis, just how bad was it for Cork? I suppose to, to the best illustrated is the fact that all, all, the, all through history, after a Cork Munster quarterfinal semi-final win, the refrain will be, that won't do against Kerry. On Saturday night, we were hearing, that won't do against Tip. And no disrespect to Tipperary but I think the the fact that Cork were so close to not winning that game I think was w- was just really really sobering for a lot of fans last year the last Tip people I wouldn't say they were accepting of it but Tip were seen as a coming team but again no disrespect to Waterford they hadn't won in the league since February I think they won their first two league games and then last five and Cork had trundled along in Division 2 and you know, they, they drew three games that if they'd won, it would have put them up, up in the, the top two or three, but they should still have been winning that game comfortably. And it was far, far too close for comfort. Now, you've been following Cork football for the last couple of years. You would have seen a lot of their league games this year. Where, where is it going wrong? Is it, is it a mindset? Is it a physical issue? Is it a tactical issue? Well, is it, it a setup issue? It, it, it's just, it's very hard to pinpoint exactly what... What it is during the league, a few players said it and, and management said it that the, the issue was kind of zoning out of games. That they'd have good periods like against Mead where they went up by nine points or against Galway, two games they drew and should have won. And then they'd have periods of 10 or 15 minutes where they just couldn't couldn't do anything. It's like once a team gets a run on them, they're kind of frozen in a kind of par- paralysis and can't actually get out of that. But Saturday night wasn't even that because... There wasn't the the great highs or the great lows. It was just a game where it was pretty much going toe to toe with Waterford throughout. Um, in in the first half, I was really noticeable. Was the reluctance of players to take on shooting opportunities. I think John O'Rourke had three points from play, and he was the only the only Cork player to get a point from play in the first half. Too often they were going backwards and sideways, trying to create the perfect opening. It, it's kind of like something you see with a club team doing getting it to the, the fellas who can kick but you, you need to see more guys willing to take it on an inter-county in the second half Donald O'Connor came on and he's the kind of fella who will shoot and he got he got three points 
Um, but isn't it a terrible indictment, though, that you're relying on Dunica, who, that, uh, and no offence to Dunica, is coming towards the end of his career? Yeah, I spoke to John Kiley last night, the former Waterford manager, and he, he pinpointed that, that they needed a 36 yards to come on and, uh, and rescue them in the second half. Now, to be fair, Paul Kerrigan did get 1-3 as well and probably should have had a goal. Colm O'Neill should have had a goal at the start of the second half, a great save by Stephen Inwright. But they went in at half-time up 1-4-4, to so... Playing as a team with a blanket defence, they that team then has to come at you to try and get something from the game. So you think surely it'll be easy to just counterattack them, pick off the points in the break. But Watford were able to come into it. Now as well, Corp Corp were struggling in midfield because they lost Aidan Wild shortly, and then Alan O'Connor um, was red carded, and Rory Dean probably didn't replicate the form of the league, but. He, you know, it shouldn't. It shouldn't kind of come down to to one or two factors like that. It it, it no matter what, the performance should still be ab- mm. above the, the level of that. Colin Cooper raised the point in Saturday's paper about leaders, or more specifically, the lack of leaders. No, I'm sure that that might have rankled some people. But can can you can you say? Here are the five men that stepped up when things started going against Cork. On yeah, Saturday night. It, 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 it's it's um, it's an accusation that has been levelled against the team. Tomas O'Shea made it a couple of years ago as well. And uh, in that, that John Kiley discussion I had with him too, he said it. And it, it, if you look at the, the team that won the All-Ireland, fair enough, you have Graham County, who's held up as the the, the absolute pinnacle of that, but you had Nicholas Murphy, John Lynch as well. Yeah, the, the guys, the lieutenants, we'll yeah. say, to the... General. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... Like you do look at the current team, Paul Kerrigan is, is the captain. He got one three, so you can say he did stand up. Colm O'Neill was very well marshalled um, by Thomas O'Gorman, but he he was very wayward from freeze uncharacteristically. He he only scored one point and that came at the very end. Fair enough, it was the the point the that crucial, didn't win, yeah. but it was the point he should get in the sleep. He missed, I think, four in the first half, including two from the left hand side. Which a left footed taker shouldn't really be kicking. Um, so the fact that they didn't even have a right footed free taker they could trust mm. is just another kind of little facet to um to look at. J- James Lockery is a, a leader and he, he came forward and got a point in the second half too. But I think it just needs a collective kind of uh, a collective kind of approach to say that you know, no matter what happens you know, we, we don't let ourselves get dragged into this, that, you know, you, you just fight to the, the last millimetre just to, to really assert yourself. No, credit, I suppose, to Waterford as well, too, in terms of how they set themselves up oh, tactically absolutely. as well. They, they made it very difficult for Cork. They, people give out about blanket defences, but they are a reality. If if you're a Division 4 team going up against a Division 2 team, you're not going to go 15-15 and 15 because you will lose. So Waterford... They maximise their assets and fair play to Tom McGlinchey. He he said they've been working on the plan for three weeks before the game and they executed it brilliantly. Paul White was nominally nominally the centre forward, but he was playing as a an auxiliary centre back, doing doing a defensive job and breaking to very good effect as well. I think he got two points from play. Uh, and then in attack they had Donny Bernock making his um football championship debut. He got six points. Um so they they they, they knew what they wanted to do and they carried it out very well and 
it, it did just force Cork to go backwards and sideways far more often than they would have liked. But do you think that Cork were a bit naive going down in terms of what was waiting for them? I, I asked that afterwards. I asked Don O'Neill were surprised by the, the challenge Waterford faced and he said that they weren't. But, yeah, you, you just wonder... They didn't have a counter-strategy. Yeah, and something I, I'd kind of look at in that is that Luke Conley wasn't even in the Cork 26 and he is he's a guy who he can go someday and take eight shots and maybe only score one but he'll another day he'll take eight shots and score one seven and he's the kind of fella who will shoot you know no matter what the the kind of the opposition are doing and just someone like that would definitely have given Cork an, another dimension even off the bench so you just wonder is is it the optimum Cork um, 15 going out in the pitch? Again, I only saw highlights of it on the Sunday game last night. can be hard to judge a match on the basis of a package like that. Cork looked a bit sluggish, I thought. Yeah, I suppose one thing you'd say on that, um, and maybe to kind of put something in the, the credit column rather than the debit column, maybe it is the result of a heavy period of training. No manager ever says they're looking beyond the next game, but... Cork might have had one eye on tip um, and have are, are preparing themselves to peak for that. So the, the the physical levels mightn't have been at their absolute best on Saturday night and they felt that they could get through the game with that. So maybe that is a reason for that. Um, from a Cork point of view, you'd be hopeful that that is a, a factor. Two weeks' time. Parky Wren, Tipperary coming, not coming in under the radar now. Some might say it could be coming down with the favourites tag. I'm sure Liam yeah. Kearns won't be the happiest man yeah, in Ireland this, I, uh, this Monday. No, he won't. I had a look on Saturday night on, on um, a betting website and I think Cork was still 8-11 to 11 and Tip 11-8. to 8, Probably the, the home advantage factor and just the, the thing that Cork have had their scare and they'll be more primed. You, you reverse the counties around in the hurling and you say Tip had their scare in the league final against Galway and it did come out all gun spacing against Cork and didn't do that. Um, but it's a massive game. Um, Cork, to lose two years in a row to Tip, would, it, it would really kind of solidify the, 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 their status and how the, the curve is going downwards. We're talking on the Monday morning of the championship playoff final in England, the, the richest game in football. For Cork as a county, <laughs> Saturday week is a massive game financially because if they don't win that, they don't get the big opening day in Parky Creeve against Kerry in the Munster final. So there is a, an awful lot riding on it. Um, tip will be, I, I suppose, yeah, they'd have preferred if Cork had had an easy win and that they could ambush them again. But I, I don't think it's the case that Cork will automatically up it by a few notches and be too good for Tip. Um, Let's not forget they were all Ireland semi finalists last year. They beat more teams than Cork, so uh, I, I, I would I would genuinely class it as a 50-50 game. Now let's turn our attention to the hurling action, and there was uh, plenty of uh, big games in Leinster over the weekend. Our main focus, though, was the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship quarter final between the National League champions Galway and Dublin in Tullamore. Anthony Daly was there, and uh, a miserable enough day, Anthony, for your former charges in Dublin. It's pretty bad, Colm, to be perfectly honest. Um, there's, no, there's no two ways around it. I mean, didn't even think uh, Galway hurled that well, to be honest with you. I thought they were kind of maybe in a bit of a kind of a hangover mode from the league final. You know, they had a bit of time out, I suppose, and they probably needed that match yesterday. But, um, uh, sure, look, it wasn't too bad for a while. And then, always oh, started the second half very, very sharply. 
and then the sending off put the tin hat in it like uh, you knew the match was over and you could have you know he was working commentary but you could have gone out the gate if you were a spectator after the sending off to be honest and uh, it was only a matter of how much then after that so yeah disappointing disappointing to be honest with you but a tall order to ask so many you know young guys to go in like I mean wouldn't you feel for Donald Burke really going in on, on Dahi Burke you know probably the best full back in Ireland and, and he just out of minor last year you compare that with the Tipperary minor team in the last two years, probably a well, really good team two years ago, very unlucky, and won the All Ireland last year, and, and and you know even the likes of Brian McGrath not next or near the panels, you know. So, but that's just where they're wound up, and I'm not putting the blame squarely on Joe Cunningham's shoulders either for that. I mean, some of the players have to ask themselves why they're not there, but overall, you have to ask why they're not there as well. You know, what, why don't they want to be there? And, and um, some of them obviously then told they weren't good enough or they weren't wanted so but I, I just still feel that you know uh, a Shane Durkin a Paul Shute uh, a Johnny McCaffrey a Colin Cronin a Sean Tracy would have made such a difference to that team yesterday and I'm, I'm leaving out guys at that you know Mount of Freeze that were missed if Paul Ryan was even there you know so things could be a lot better for Dublin but um, look it is what it is now and they can just you know try and, and, and gather themselves in hope for um a favourable draw on the qualifiers, I guess. On a personal level, though, Anthony, given your involvement with Dublin over so many years, you must find this very painful. Yeah, and and Colin, look at it. I mean, I saw the highlights of the Sunday game last night, and Gerald Mann's point was he, he made it well that you know we didn't always have good years. You know, for sure we didn't have. We had very good. We lost hands from when we were six points ahead. We got beaten 18 or 19 points by Kikini, you know, and 12 points another day by them. At the same time, we beat Kikini in a replay. We won a Leinster Tyke. We won a National League. We beat Galway and Tullamore on one of the most memorable Saturday nights I ever had in my life. I mean, we weren't consistent, I will say that. Um, but, like, at the same time, you know, there was always a chance we rebound, I think. And there was character in the guys. Not not on a consistent level, I will say, you know, and, and we take as much blame at that as management, but at the moment it just doesn't look like... It would be genuinely careful that if they got uh, a Westmead, a leash, that it could be under pressure at the moment, and I, I, I just think that's a bit sad, to be honest, because, um, you know, the six years we were there, everyone invested so much into it, backroom and the players and everything, and... They gave everything they could to try and further the cause, and, and we got so close in 13. I mean, I, I, I'm not tapping back. Referee decisions will go your way one day and against you another day. And we just still feel, you know, that that second yellow for Ryan Dwyer that day possibly cost us a place in an Ireland final anyway, you know. So, but look, no point looking back. You have to look forward, and, and, and the Dublin County Board and, and everyone involved have to look at the whole situation and try and bring it forward from here. There's no point in, in dwelling in the past. And uh, it just has to come back. They're still very competitive at underage level and a massive night now Wednesday night with the 21s uh, meeting Kilkenny. So that might lift the whole ship, you know. I mean, if, if you go down to Nolan Park and get a win in that, it would give great hope going forward and um, that, that's what's needed at the minute. You mentioned there, back in your own time, the yellow card and that infamous uh, incident with uh, Ryan O'Dwyer. In terms of the second yellow to Keen O'Callaghan yesterday, unlucky? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, and he certainly wouldn't be a dirty player, and he would be a very clever player. No, it would be very unlike uh, him to get two yellows now. That's the type of player he is. He um, 
he, he's a very clever guy on and off the field and yeah I would have thought it was a bit harsh to be honest it, it, it certainly wasn't anywhere dangerous it was a little trip look it probably would be one of those black cards in the other sports um, what's the other sport Gaelic football is it <laughs> um, yeah that that game that, it, it, it would be one of those black cards but was it a yellow card I don't know I, 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 and it certainly ruined the match like, and I didn't see any great need for it at the time I suppose maybe Barry was right, but I, I, I just don't know. A bit of common sense. I don't, you know. We saw, we saw Tipping Park last week. We saw very little use of the whistle, and uh, I didn't think there was as much need for it just. And was there seven over carrying issues? Uh, yes, I think it was seven, six or seven anyway, over carrying. And like, and I didn't pick up on it last week either. And I was like, someone took me up on it on Twitter, tell you the truth, Colin, but James Hardy definitely. When I look back at it, he, he definitely took at least ten steps. For the hand pass into Shane Kingston for the goal, and so oh look, you know we saw players get away with that over the years. DJ was an expert at it. It was like you know six or seven times. Obviously, did a meeting during the week and said, look, it's got away with that there last week. Camped down it. So just the inconsistency is a bit frustrating. I think you know. Yeah. You you'd never have held on to the ball that long anyway, Anthony. Back in the day. Well, Colin, if I held on to the ball for that long, it would definitely have been taken off me, so it wasn't in my interest. <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't getting away from anyone too quick, tell you the truth. I, I used to run into fellas and did take about three backward steps and clear it over my shoulder and God direct it. <laughs> Are we being too critical, though, on Dublin, Anthony, considering Galway winning the league final and some people talking them up as potential All-Ireland champions? Yeah, you could. You, you can definitely make that point and they'd, they'd be tipped by more than that yesterday. But there was no way they were at that level of pace yesterday in terms of their hurling or their Christmas and at times in the first half. They were definitely guilty of over-elaborating on the ball. Cullen, but, um, yeah, we, we, look, I, I, I'm just looking at it from that Galway are serious. I mean, just chit-chatting to a few people coming out of Tullamore yesterday. The Galway huge Galway crowd there now and they're you know they're flaky enough now to follow I'm telling you the truth like you know when things are going bad they don't be long not showing up but um and then they'd murder you for tickets for the All-Ireland especially living beside them <laughs> but you can genuinely sense and talking to a few real sound lads now from around the Gorky area and I know them as well from the old ground that they really think this is the chance and and, and if, if they don't deliver this year that it might just be a long, long wait, uh, but they do feel they have the squad. And you only look at Niall Bork coming off the bench yesterday. I mean, he took off Conor Cooney because he was the best forward ahead. I'd say, well, himself, Kenning or, or Whelan, I suppose. But Cooney was really on fire. And uh, the two in Niall Bork, who had a good league final and obviously was dropped for yesterday. And I think I think seven times the ball came to him and he won six of them and two points and play him and laid off two more. So you just have to look at that. And, and, and the other forwards now will be really looking over their shoulders. Paul Killeen, hopefully it's not too too serious an injury for Paul. I mean, a really whole-hearted guy. But he comes off and, and Hanbury comes on and, and plays really solid, you know. Now, it suited him as well that Ryan Dwyer had come out from corner forward to try and make an extra half forward. He's away from the danger area. But um, yeah, they look solid in so many places. You just want to wait and see if there's a matchup now, whether it's Lecour or not, I don't know. They will beat Offaly, I'd imagine. Uh, can he beat Wexford? That, that's a bit of a... And ask at this stage now, but if, if they do meet Kilkenny, that, that has been the bogey team and that has been the the team that they have. Um, but look, at, if they get over the next day, Colum, you know, and I would have made the point in the article there that 
they're going into Croker then and if, they're, if in their own hands then to stay in Croker and you'd imagine with that forward line with that speed uh, that they have up front and it's, it's tailor made for them going forward and uh, yeah I think you know I thought all along Tip would retain it and I, I wouldn't rule them out because I think this break will do them good but you have to say the most balanced team at the moment look like Galway now the countdown is well underway to the big game on Sunday between Limerick and Clare in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship semi-final. A few weeks ago I caught up with the Clare captain Pat O'Connor who's uh, relishing the game. No Pat, captain this year, an honour but pressure as well? Um, I suppose i kind of in a, a strange scenario where I actually haven't let out the team or been a, put in a situation where I had to perform it because I was injured for the league so uh uh, thus far, I suppose the captaincy has kind of involved more uh, kind of. Um, I suppose you're kind of a link between management and the players. Uh, that kind of a thing is is the main change that that I've experienced. I'm back training now uh, six weeks, so uh, I mean you can't take it upon yourself that you have to change what you're doing. Uh, you you were chosen to be captain on what you brought to it already, so. And that was my uh, attitude. I, I wasn't going to change uh, anything, the, my, my demeanour around the place or any of my actions like that. But uh, one change that has been has been the kind of just the communication from uh, management down and the other way as well. And how would you describe the difference in styles between what you were playing under Davy and what you're playing under the lads now? Um, so a bit of a, a bit of a shift, right? Obvi- the obvious one is the one uh, no sweepers. So we were playing with six forwards now uh, and six backs and two midfielders, so the orthodox essentially. But uh, I suppose the biggest area of change in that in itself is the kind of role of um, because the, the extra man was always back there. You. you Maybe defenders didn't have to rush back as quickly, for example, if the ball goes over their head, or half forwards didn't have to track out as much if the ball mm-hmm. goes over their head. So that's probably been a, a major shift in how we play, and not saying we have it right yet, but it's certainly something we've been working on. But, you know, we're watching games on television and we get so caught up in tactics and maybe bringing it from Sky Sports, Premier League coverage and zones and everything like that. But when, when you're on the field of play, you know how how tactical is it? Are you very much aware of this is my area and I can't deviate from this plan? No. Um, to be brutally brutally honest, and, and, and I, I'd say you got the same off any person who asked that question. When you're out there, it's uh, it's me. Every man my for man. himself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all the best uh, tactics in the world, like they kind of go out the window essentially when championship goes up. You know, to that that high level of intensity, it's a hundred miles an hour. Because if I'm supposed to be there and I've fallen back here, like the ball travels so quick, I can't possibly get out there again. So you have to play it as you see it. You have to trust the instincts that you've been play that you've been uh, you know honing all your entire life. Because the pillars of the game are still the same. They that what you played at under ten, under twelve, under fourteen. I mean, it's. It's the get the ball into the forwards, into the danger men as quickly as possible, and the team who scores more will win. So, was there a feeling that you didn't build from 2013, or uh, is that too simplistic? Uh, it's it's a uh, simplistic question in the way as we went, we returned that year, and everyone was fully focused on trying to get better. Uh, 
as it happens, we didn't. All the teams around us seem to get better. I mean, I think every other day, every other team in, in Munster has had their day in the sun within the provincial um, championship, except us. So we kind of feel like... Uh, Certainly, we didn't. That, that that has been the stumbling block. Is the first round of the Munster Championship that you know it, you put so much into it every year, and then when it doesn't happen, you know it, there's the obvious element of frustration, and you know you're you're upset with your performance, and uh, you know. But versus if you win it, there's such a, you get you get such a, you know a big up from winning it, and you know it's such a buzz around the place. But uh, yeah, that that would be. I, I, what, what I would finger point is the, the, you know, the lack of success in the Munster Championship or lack of performance in the Munster Championship has been the major element of uh, why we haven't built on. I presume you'd love to see this this proposal that we would have um, group games in the Munster Championship. Wouldn't you love playing the likes of Limerick or Cork up in Cusick Park in a Munster Championship game in June? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the idea of that. Uh, you know, it's. Um, just uh, I, I know from uh, the big championship games we played in Cusick Park, it's a, it's a magical place to be when when the crowd is behind you. But um, in terms of the immediate future, I mean, inter-county players are, have to be very selfish with their time, with their time with their family, uh, and I have to be selfish with my, with my what I'm focused on, and that's the fourth of June. Uh, I, I've like both personally and as, as a team, it's been such a, you know it's been such a target for us from this from the start of the year when we met that you know we had, we had an, an interviewee inside told me that the Munster finals on a Porky Cueve I didn't think it was open for another year so you know I it didn't okay. you know, it's not something that I have in uh, you know, on my side at all it's it's just the 4th of June but is it true that you are one of the few households in Clare to have two National League medals that your dad has won from the 1970s and now you from last year yeah, I suppose uh, the Hornings and Clonara as well would be uh, Cullum and Dark, okay. but I'd, I'd imagine we're, we're the only two. Yeah. Um, certainly, you know, father-son anyway, maybe there is uh, relatives there, but I mean, it's quite simple to, to eliminate all the rest of them. Because so you, you have the National League medal, you have the All-Ireland medal, so it's just a monster medal now. To complete the set. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, that, that that sounds uh, wonderful when you put it like that. But it, it's unfortunately it's not as just simple as uh, strolling up the steps and collecting the cup. I mean, uh, what we it, it's what we failed on for the last couple of years. And again, it's a, a beautiful idea to have the, the three medals. But uh, you know, it, we have a massive battle ahead of us on the fourth of June, and traditionally all down through the years you go down through the yearbooks and no Limerick Clare game has ever been yeah. overly one-sided so and, and this will be the same it'll be it'll be decided by uh, maybe a width of a post or a slip or something like that so you just have to prepare yourself as best as possible that you know it's not decided on a mistake or something. Finally you mentioned you're, you're a proud tubber man you're very close to Galway is there a lot of talk over the over the border after their league final victory <laughs> over Tipperary and, and maybe talk of September? Yeah, yeah, well, it's hard to know uh, how much of it is legitimate and how much of it is just to uh, rile the Clare lads up, but uh, I suppose it works in, in, in two ways. But look at uh, Callaway, I think one of the main things you look at them, they're such a, a physically imposing team, and uh, I mean, people, a complaint put to them would have been uh, 
the a lack of consistency. But look, over the last couple of years, they've been so consistent. I mean, they've made they've made sem two semi-finals and two finals in the last couple of years. I mean, really, really good side now, and, and really, really, I think uh, at their prime. And uh, I would have uh, hurled with a lot of those guys. So I was educated in guard. Yeah, so I would have uh, hurled a lot of those guys, and uh, you know, if it, if it wasn't clear to win him, um, just a couple of those guys that I know ready to are very well, and I would be delighted to see them. Right. And that's it for this edition of the Irish Examiner Sports Podcast Paper Talk. We're back again next Friday looking ahead to a busy weekend of championship action. Don't forget you can check in with us on iTunes, on SoundCloud and on irishexaminer.com forward slash paper talk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.